Hello and welcome back to Equity, the TechCrunch podcast where we unpack the numbers and the nuance behind the headlines. This is Alex and it is Tuesday, May 31st, 2022. Now, why is it not Monday, you ask? Well, it's because yesterday was a holiday here in America and so we're talking on Tuesday. But there's much to get through, so strap in, let's have some fun. All right, taking a look at the global markets over in Asia, Chinese stocks are up, Japanese stocks are down. In Europe, I would say shares are mostly lower today by my read, and here in the U.S., shares are set to fall in pre-market trading. But don't get too sad, there is better news over in crypto land. Key digital assets saw their value rise over the long weekend. Just how far? Well, Bitcoin is now up over 8% in the last week, or back to over $31,000 per coin if you care for that number. And Ether, the token associated with the Ethereum blockchain, is back to nearly $2,000. So a little bit of good news there if you're a crypto head. If you own stocks, well, sorry. Now, I have been curious about the prospects of startup M&A this year for some time. Why? Well, essentially, given changing market conditions, it seems likely that some startups are not going to be able to raise money at attractive prices this year if they need it. So they will seek other routes. For example, they might sell to a larger company. Now, initially, I noodled on this with my colleague Anna Heim from the perspective of corporate venture capital, or CVC. Basically, given how much CVC activity we saw in recent quarters, it seemed like a host of startups now had close links to major corporates that might go shopping as startup prices fell. But there's actually more afoot. A recent CNBC story brought up another angle to the story. Essentially, the crypto market is taking stock of itself once again after a booming turn of the business cycle. And while it appears that the major exchanges are going to grunt their way through the downturn, though of course we will learn more when we get Q2 numbers from Coinbase, some crypto startups won't. And given the sheer volume of dollars that went into those companies last year, we could see some exchanges get busy with their own money. According to CNBC, and I quote, two top cryptocurrency companies, Ripple and FTX, told CNBC that they're on the lookout for acquisitions as the industry hopes to drive growth through buying other firms. Now, we're being a little bit wry here as crypto trading platforms have been very active CVCs themselves. So we could say that the idea of rising crypto startup M&A is part and parcel of our view about CVC, but that would be demanding generalization instead of specificity, which of course won't do. Now, a final question just for fun. We've seen a great number of former startups go public via SPACs in the last year or so. And many of those companies are now worth pennies on the dollar compared to their peak valuations. So here's the question. Why isn't anyone scooping them up on the cheap? Now, I have a couple of guesses as to why that's the case. Lawsuits, weak financials, weak internal controls, nothing very polite, but I'm not entirely sure. Perhaps later this year, prices will get so depressed that we'll even see some SPACs get taken off the table. Next up, let's talk about international startup markets, by which I mean markets outside of the United States. Now, I know that equity listeners hail from around the world, We actually have some location data in our analytics. Hi, everybody. But hey, what can I say? I live here. Regardless, since China's technology crackdown began with the scuttling of the Ant IPO, we have waited for the regulatory barrage to show up in the country's venture capital data. And, well, it finally has. Bloomberg got its hands on some data from Prequin, and I quote, The value of venture deals in the country tumbled 44% to $24.7 billion in the first four months of this year, compared with a year earlier. Skip, skip, skip. That's almost twice the rate of decline in the U.S. and nearly four times the pace of the global slide. Now, most countries in the world would jump through spiked hoops to have even a fraction of the venture capital activity that China still has. So don't feel too poorly for the country's startups as they still have access to lots of capital. It's just less than before. 
And I won't bore you by stating the obvious that venture capital ecosystems require a certain base of government rules to function properly. We all know that governments can make things easier or harder for upstart tech companies and their financial backers. But at the same time, it's rare that we get to see such a natural experiment to chew on. 44% hot damn. If that number falls further, so much for the Chinese venture capital market that so many American VCs once praised as the future. All right, put on your sunglasses because we're bringing the sun back out. It's not all doom and gloom in the world. There are still startups. They are still raising money. They are still doing things. And one really cool company that TechCrunch recently wrote about is Strong Compute, which is based in Australia and took part in the recent YC Winter 2022 batch. And news, it just raised $7.8 million. Now, that doesn't sound that notable. I mean, after all, a YC company raising money, it must be Tuesday. But here's the thing. The round came from 30 funds and angels. And I kind of sat on this data point for a couple of minutes this morning just thinking about it. Is that bullish? Is it bearish? And I really thought that in the end, I view the number as bullish because it shows that the company had to pull together a host of checks for the round, sure, but it's more meaningful that it could raise from so many backers versus us fretting that a lead investor didn't want to consume every available share. Anywho, what does Strong Compute do? Well, according to our own reporting, the startup promises that its optimizations can speed up the training process for ML models by 10x to 1000x, depending on the model pipeline and framework. Now, that actually sounds like an enormous deal, right? Provided that it works, of course, but speeding up ML model creation by 1000x, that's huge. Closing out today, a short note on on-demand pricing. During the final quarters of the last tech boom, it was the new thing to eschew SaaS pricing and instead charge customers on a usage basis. Twilio was an early light in this model, and it really did take off as some companies found that they preferred to pay for as much of a service as they used or needed and managed to avoid a rigid yearly contract or similar. However, as founding member of Equity, Matthew Lindley wrote for Insider recently, things are looking a little bit different now. Per Lindley, who I must note has a very cute dog that I want to pet, the usage-based model is, quote, suddenly a massive liability. So how did it go from the way forward to a problem? Well, it's easy to spend more money on on-demand services. It's also easy to spend less. So while on-demand software companies charging for usage saw perhaps faster net retention growth than their SaaS peers during 2021, they may also suffer from stiffer growth deceleration in the current less healthy market. Now, for more on this, you can just track the share price of Snowflake more or less, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. All right, I have to shut up now, but welcome back to the week. I wasn't lying. I actually do have to shut up and go away now. But listen, Equity Pod on Twitter, Alex on Twitter. We'll talk to you soon on Wednesday and this Thursday live show. We will be taping our Friday morning episode live on Thursday. Hop in and Twitter spaces. Pick your poison. We'll see you there. Links to come. Hugs. Have a good week. 